Welcome to Calling All Lovers, a podcast that dives into the intricacies of love and relationships and shows that love is love no matter how you identify. I'm your host, Katie Hennessy. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking all things sex toys and women's pleasure with Annie and Caroline, the co-founders of Flossy, a shame-free pleasure store for people with vulvas. We have really interesting discussions about male-run sex toy companies who use female empowerment as a marketing buzzword, what shame-free pleasure is, how we can move to a space without a stigma around women's pleasure, and why they decided to start a sex toy store. We also answer some questions about the best first sex toy and how to talk to your partner about bringing a vibrator into your partner's sex. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to get into this chat because I was like, I wanted to do one on um, sex toys. And then when I found out that it is like predominantly male run, like CEOs of sex toy companies, I was like, that is something I didn't know. And also incredibly, I don't know, I just found it a little bit weird that they were designing toys that were like, pink and purple and like they were just like weird sort of shapes that were very like phallic and not so beautiful I guess for people that like identify as women I was like okay that makes sense that that is like male dominated <laughs> it clicked in my head yeah but I was also like okay so the person that I want to come on to talk about this has to identify as female because it's like I feel like it's where the industry is going I hope <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having us. And that is exactly what you spoke to, what we get so excited talking about, because it really is so bizarre once you start to look into the sex toy industry. Mm -hmm. And it makes a lot of sense when, you know, people aren't, we can kind of get into this later, but when people who are the end users aren't put in the seat of designing the toys, you end up getting these like, you know, pink kind of like tacky looking products or, mm-hmm. and, or really phallic, really like it, it's, um, aggressive. <laughs> it's common. Yeah. Quite aggressive. And a lot of what women or people with vulvas are wanting is something that feels super sleek, super mm-hmm. approachable, and actually looks nothing like, you know, a, a penis or, yeah. um, is, is really like you can pop it on your nightstand and it feels Mm -hmm. really approachable. So yeah. And even moving away from the, the pinks and the purples as well, we're finding Mm. that the companies that are run by women, they actually have a really great range of vibrators that are quite discreet. And just like Caroline Mm -hmm. said, is that something you can just have on your bedside table? Um, But we see 
also on the other side where there is a few men that are trying to jump onto this trend Mm, and you can just tell by their branding this is a company that's run by men Mm -hmm. obviously because they think okay you know girls like pink so let's just make everything pink and you know women love empowerment so let's just talk about female empowerment and it's Mm -hmm. just so it's so obvious to us now anyway but to the inexperienced person when it comes to the whole sex toy industry which is most people Mm -hmm. they're going to have no idea what the intention is behind these products yeah for sure Mm. it's all about Mm. education I guess um before we jump into the episode I wanted to ask you both your pronouns go for it I'll go first (laughs) (laughs) um so my pronouns are she and her and Caroline. And yeah, similarly, she, her. And I appreciate you asking that question. Thank you. Um, and I have, well, a new-ish segment now. It's been three episodes, but I wanted to hear your dating horror stories, if you have any. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I can kick that off. So <laughs> I've been with my partner for almost nine years now. We recently got engaged Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So my dating horror stories, you know, this is before Tinder. We actually had to date people in Mm -hmm. real life. And, you know, your vetting process isn't that great. So I (laughs) dated this guy for two months. He was a textbook narcissist. Um, I'm sure we've all dated one of those. And um, I was just telling Caroline, I'm like, I don't feel comfortable saying it, but that's only because the whole situation, you know, when you like think about something and it just makes you feel really awkward that you witness that. Mm -hmm. It's like one of those situations. (laughs) Um, So I remember just being in the car with him and he did this a lot. And me being like, what, 17, 18 years old, I really didn't have my, my voice. And he would like call out to people on the street and like he would like target women, he would just target anyone that like looked weird and he'd yeah. just yell just the weirdest stuff at them. And I mean, it wasn't like anything racist or sexist. Mm-hmm. I definitely would have said something then. It was just like, hey, you, or something like that. Oh, or, that's so cringe. Yeah. And <laughs> so it was just the worst and it was so cringy. And I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe that I dealt with that. So yeah. that is probably the worst person I have ever oh dated. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that's a sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't date narcissists. It's no. a recipe for no. disaster. <laughs> it's um, a disaster. Yeah. It is a disaster. You, you really cannot... Uh, navigate that whatsoever just give up straight away get out get yeah out. there's certain yeah. things that are like okay this is a red flag like this mm-hmm. is maybe something that we can have a conversation about and then you hear on the other end like yeah okay they're receptive to this they're open to understanding how I feel and there's certain people who are just like not the not the person not the person mm-hmm. not the person <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah just to go deal breakers <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally totally hey Caroline do you have any uh, I honestly, the first thing that came to mind was not necessarily like a dating horror story, but can I share a hookup horror story? Yeah, of course. 
into the juicy details. Um, <laughs> well, the first thing, so I was like the last of my friends to have my first kiss. And, uh, I remember asking my cousin so many times, like, okay, what do you, like, how do you make out? Like, how do you, <laughs> and her tip to me was that you draw, okay, just imagine this. You draw the alphabet with your tongue. So like you like, a, oh, wow. <laughs> which is truly, if you imagine somebody doing that to you, maybe the most gag worthy makeout session in the world. And okay. So I'd like, you know, I'd ask her questions and how do you make out? And I don't know where she got this tip, but <laughs> we both went to the same summer camp. And I think I was like probably too old to be having my first summer camp kiss experience, but I went to an all girls summer camp and across the lake, it was like the most traditional us, like Kind of imagine, um, oh my gosh, what's that movie? Uh, Parent Trap. Imagine Parent Trap, Parent Trap camp, but all girls. And then across the lake was all boys camp. So we had like a mixer (laughs) one night with the boys camp. And there's this guy that had the biggest crush on named Steven. (laughs) I hope he's listens to this podcast one day. (laughs) And he took me out from like the mixer dance. We were all like, I mean, a bunch of teen girls just like spilling over with like excitement to see the boys (laughs) and he was like do you want to go out to the rock climbing wall and we went out to the like rock climbing wall and underneath there were mattresses that people could like catch people if they had fallen yeah we had a saucy uh, mattress (laughs) I just remember being so uncomfortable and all I could think in my head was like alphabet 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 (laughs) alphabet do the alphabet with your tongue and we started kissing and I realized very quickly after I got to like D, the letter D, I was like, this is, does not feel good. This is, and so I just kind of like <laughs> let it go. And then I remember like, it felt like 20 seconds after that. So I was like, holy shit, my first kiss, like fireworks. I've got a camera to <laughs> my friends. Can't wait to like write a letter to my mom. Cause I didn't have a phone. And then he whispered in my ear, I had only read like Cosmo magazines about like, okay, what to do, how to give a hand job. And he yeah. whispered in my ear, blow job. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm not prepared for this. I was like, I don't know how to give a blow job. I'm not sure what to do. I like panicked. But in that moment, it wasn't like, do you want to give me a blow job? It was just like, blow job. Demand. Like, yeah. like, am I hearing things? What's going on? And for, uh, for whatever reason, I was able to avert that one I ended mm-hmm. up giving him a hand job which I definitely regret <laughs> and it was absolutely I remember going back to camp and telling all my friends about it and they still to this day my friends from camp will be like remember blowjob guy like <laughs> it, did that even happen I don't know but oh I learned God. alphabet techniques definitely do not work and don't ever let a creepy guy whisper blowjob in your ear and think that you have to do it so, he probably yeah. heard it from one yeah. of his mates and was like you know what you should do oh yeah they finally should have sex just like say it yeah she's gonna want to do it if you just look. I was like I don't think he realizes how how much this is my first of everything like yeah. no nope, yeah. way am I giving you a blowjob <laughs> anyway oh nor do I know God. how to do it I didn't have any tips for that one Anyway, that's that, such that was a funny the alphabet. You could have done the alphabet again. <laughs> yeah, repeat the alphabet. Go backwards. That's an interesting technique. <laughs> yeah, never heard don't, of it. Don't do it. Never apply it. Never will. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. That definitely broke the ice. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Um, I wanted to dive into everything flossy now. Um, is it feel flossy or flossy? 
just, just flossy. flossy. Okay. Yeah. The Instagram handle is feel flossy, but it's just flossy. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I hate when other people take the Instagram handles and you're like, okay, well I need to make this my Instagram handle now. <laughs> L- literally. I was looking at Instagram <laughs> handles for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing. And then Caroline came up with feel flossy. Oh, and I was nice. like, yep, that sounds great. That's got yeah. a nice little ring to it. Yeah. I love that. So when you were sort of coming up with the idea, was it in like one of these moments where you're like just hanging out and having best friend time and then you're like, oh, you know, what would be really cool is like we made this company. <laughs> I mean, that come about? almost, it almost happened like that really. <laughs> I mean, we were at the beach um, with our partners and Caroline was just telling me about a really bad experience she had at a sex shop because her vibrator that she brought from the States, mm-hmm. um, it actually got fried when she tried to charge it because of oh the God, wattage yeah, conversion. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, what's that show, Caroline? Was that Emily, oh, it's like Emily it, in Paris? Literally when I was yeah. watching Emily in Paris, I was like, she's still my story. <laughs> but I didn't meet yeah. a hot Parisian guy out of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was not Paris, but close enough. Um yeah, so Caroline said that she had gone to this sex shop and she said that she didn't have a great experience and was wondering if all sex shops were like this. And I was mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I've only been to uh, maybe two in Brisbane. And, I mean, like the people are usually all right, but it's just the whole experience altogether. I mean, people, yeah. um, for me anyway, I would always dread going into a sex shop and mm. – yeah. When we were doing our research for Flossie and we had to go to pretty much every single one in Brisbane, <laughs> I I think we like drank a lot before we went into them just so we could <laughs> mentally deal with it. Yeah. And we brought yeah. our partners along as well. And even they just like walked away because they were like, mm-hmm. nope, this isn't for us. Like it's too yeah. confronting. And it's just surprising. Yeah. Like, okay, well, who are these sex shops catered for? Because mm-hmm. if they're not catered for m- women, are they catered for men oh yeah. they cater who are they catered for and I mean they cater to everyone and that's mainly the problem mm-hmm. um and so we were talking about like oh wouldn't it be great if there was a place that you know you could get served champagne on arrival and it felt like an apple meets mecca store yeah and I mean I guess I was thinking oh why not I love ideas and I love like trying to create something out of nothing Mm -hmm. um so it was really me that was like oh yeah we should definitely do this and Caroline was like oh this is just a thought and then a few months later she was like now stuff it let's just do it oh I love that's how it all happened so we really like it really started off of the of a really bad experience in a sex shop and then you know leaving with like the shitty black bag buying a vibrator just because it was like I needed to get out of the store and I didn't care what it was. I didn't even know anything about the product. Yeah. And like, just so seedy, you know, there's like musty dust smell. Yeah, there's There's always dust on the products. Yeah, it's like how long has it been sitting there? For 10 years? The packaging is like turning yellow (laughs) on the products hanging on the walls. Like who, who is, the product is now probably the silicone is completely like degenerated. So you definitely don't want to put that on your body. Yeah. So uh, we were just Mm. kind of talking about this experience and then, it really for us came down to like the feeling of an experience that Mm -hmm. we felt like is totally missing in this space An experience. Mm -hmm. So 
from at least when we get into like the products that we stock and how we chose those. And, um, it, it's not, there, there's not a shortage of really phenomenal brands and products coming into the space. And there's not mm-hmm. a shortage of really great educators and people in the space, but there's not really like a redefined sex shop experience yeah. that's specifically designed for women or people with vulvas that fe- like literally makes you feel warm and informed and simple. You know, mm-hmm. you walk in and it feels like an Apple store, but like much more kind of sleek and playful and it yeah. isn't hypersexualized. It's just the design of it is. So we wanted to take that idea into the e-commerce space Mm-hmm. Um, and see how we could really change the experience. I mean, so much of it, when you walk into a sex shop, we would ask the same question, every sex shop that we went in of the seven or eight different stores around here that we went into the same question, we're looking for a vibrator. What would you suggest mm-hmm. just to see what people, and yeah. what people responded. And I mean, we got everything to like, what kind of play are you into? And we are like, I don't know, normal play. Like what, what do you mean? What kind of play am I into? And that yeah. might resonate for some people, but for someone like, the two of us, it was not really landing or like, well, do you want a tickler or not a tickler? And we were like, I don't even what is know what that how, means. <laughs> what is a tickler? Yeah. And why would one like that? What is it? You know? Yeah. So there's this really big disconnect between wanting to maybe mm-hmm. explore deepen pleasure, but then the industry being so hypersexualized and overwhelming was the one yeah. of the big words that we took away from that. We did a bunch of interviews, started kind of interviewing people that we mm-hmm. thought this might resonate with and understanding like, what has your experience been like and how could we really improve that? So for us, the whole start of it just came down to changing the experience, creating a completely kind of redefined experience for yeah. sex shops. I'm really excited for the future of Flossy. It sounds like you have mm-hmm. an incredible vision and yeah, it can definitely, well, it's definitely needed in Australia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hundred percent. We can't wait. Um, When you were starting the company, how did you like? Did you come across any like sexism or tension when you were building it? Because it is such a male-dominated industry. Um, not really. First up, I mean, we're still relatively unknown, but I find that a lot of the sex toys in the industry. I mean, it's when you see all the advertisements, your women are generally hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, all you have to do is look at who owns these companies and who's running these companies and you can understand why because it's yeah. generally men and they're generally white men as well. Um, but I wouldn't say that, you know, we've, we've clashed or anything. I mean, we have had some instances where... Um, we've had companies approach us asking, you know, would you like to stock our products and send us a pitch deck and stuff? And mm-hmm. I mean, it sucks because like you look at their, you look at their brief and everything and it's just not what we stand for. It's yeah. very much about trying to make money off women's bodies and mm-hmm. it's, they market it as empowerment, but it's, it's really not. They're mm-hmm. doing this to make money. And I understand it's a business. You want to make money, but, can you do your business somewhere else? Yeah. That's just <laughs> my opinion on it. It's like, I'm sorry, but this space is for us. It's not mm-hmm. It's not for you. So, I mean, w- one of the big brands that are in Australia, they're owned by men. And it's like, the one. <laughs> you can, 
yeah, they're just jumping on this bandwagon. Yeah. And it's crazy because, I mean, if they were really that passionate about vibrators and masturbation, why don't they just Mm -hmm. go make male sex toys then? Oh, no, because that just wouldn't sell very well, would it? Because Mm -hmm. there is a stigma tied to that. So, yeah, Yeah. that's been a bit disheartening to compete with, um, Mm -hmm. especially because, you know, they've just got endless amount of money so they can pay, you know, whatever influencers want. Mm -hmm. And obviously being an influencer, that's your job. So it would be really hard to say no. Mm -hmm. It's just all about like doing research, I guess, into a company before you buy for them and sort of seeing if they align with your morals and ethics. But that's a really good way to dive into one of my questions, which was about sexual wellness and... I did a micro podcast on this um, with one of my other guests, Clark, and we talked about like what sexual wellness means to you. And um, like, I was wondering, what does that word mean to you? Like, is is it mm. still so tied to marketing or do you have your own version of the meaning? Yeah, it's uh, such a good question and something that, even the other day, you know, I think so sexual wellness, yes, is a really just on the face value of the words is a really beautiful way to look Mm -hmm. at pleasure, I think. Um, But on the flip side of that is that, you know, it, it really is used to, to position pleasure as kind of something that we need to do for health and wellness rather than just pleasure for pleasure's sake. And then using that to almost almost tied up in kind of the like self-care industry like you know hashtag Mm -hmm. self-care and buying this item that feeds into this okay well I've bought a vibrator so we talk a lot about that like just because you're buying a vibrator and like posing it with it on Instagram (laughs) doesn't suddenly mean that you're sexually liberated or sexually empowered like those are really big things that don't Mm -hmm. come through consumerism or purchasing a product um so I read a quote the other day from the founder of Quinn, which is a really mm-hmm. cool audio porn company that's um, female founded. And yeah. she speak, she spoke exactly to this. So when things are under the guise of wellness, um, it sort of applies, implies that sex and pleasure for women is like, you know, seeking this, if you can access that, then you're seeking this higher status of like being well and healthy and like taking care of yourself. Mm. Um, but we think at Flossy Sexual Wellness, really and sexual liberation like it's a it's it's not only a fundamental right but it's also a privilege mm-hmm. um yeah. and who has access to sexual wellness so we like to really push the boundaries and really recognizing too for both of us as white women in this space um it's really important for us to consider you know who does and who doesn't have access to quote unquote sexual wellness or sexual empowerment and sexual Mm -hmm. liberation. Like, and that's more important to us than like sexual wellness, you know, treat yourself to a vibrator because just it's important. It doesn't consider the, the disparities in that Mm -hmm. conversation. Does, does that kind of make sense? Or does that definitely it's like something that um, we brought up in the micro podcast was that it's kind of a reimagining of, um, the beauty industry and prior to that was mm. household goods f- marketed towards women. And 
Like, I don't know mm. if you guys have read The Beauty Myth by Naomi Wolf, but it's like mm. she goes mm. through like all of um, the sort of remarketing of products towards women when they, so at first it was household products, like get this, um, you know, spray mm. that will help you keep your house clean and it'll make you feel better as a woman. And then it was like, women started going into the workplace and they had to, they had to like reimagine what they could sort of make money off. And so they were like, okay, let's make the beauty industry. And I was like, oh, get this lipstick and it'll make you feel like empowered and like you can take on the male world and all of this. And then now I'm kind of thinking that it might be moving into this sexual wellness space. Mm. And especially with like someone created, like it was a woman that created this though. And I think she did sort of do a statement where she said it's it was not intended that way but the vulva mask when I saw that I was just like yeah are you serious this is more oh, shit that we it's have the same to with, buy yeah it's the same with all oh. those soaps and everything it's like yeah. um your vagina self-cleans <laughs> yeah. you don't need that and also on the topic of vibrators and you know posing with someone to feel empowered um you can also use your hand yeah yeah right that's simple but Mm -hmm. you know this is obviously a money making tactic and I mean vibrators are awesome we we sell Mm -hmm. them they're awesome but if you can't afford one don't buy one just so you can feel a certain way you can use your hand at the end of the day yeah Yeah. and it's less it's I think it's less about the to what you're saying the product and the purchasing of the product and then seeing like value or some sort of like elevated state because you have that product yeah. and more about what are the, con- like we get way more interested by the conversations of where does shame come from for you? Mm-hmm. Like when we get someone reaching out to us, that's um, my partner feels really uncomfortable with me masturbating mm-hmm. on, on my own. Like while we're, we're, we won't claim to be experts, you know, or sexologists. We really try to work with people so that we can get those kinds of answers unpacked yeah. in a way that, cause it's not, it's not the vibrator that's going to mm-hmm. suddenly like lead to sexual liberation. We really see it as a phenomenal tool mm-hmm. and it has been something for both of us within our individual sex lives, our solo sex lives and our partnered sex lives that can really be a fabulous tool into opening mm-hmm. up that, that conversation, that comfortability, that like people don't buy vibrators to buy a vibrator. They buy a, buy a vibrator to connect better to themselves. Yeah. But what's behind that is, you know, what are the questions of shame? Where does shame come up for you? Mm-hmm. Where do you feel like you're not able to have that conversation with a partner? Or is this really all that there is? Like, I don't really feel that satisfied by that. So those are the, yeah. the things that really, I think, should underpin any sexual wellness initiative or any kind of self-care initiative is... Mm-hmm the self-work and the questions that you might have or the learning that you never received in sex ed. I mean, that's a whole yeah. other thing. So yeah, definitely. it's empty if it's not, if it's based, it's attached to a product. It's empty if it's attached to buying something, um, which is why we really try hard to integrate the underpinnings of that, that um, the things mm-hmm. that we wonder about and worry about and want to know about more so than yeah. just the product. That's so important. You're so right. I never actually thought about it from that point of view, but it's like if you feel like shit and then everyone's like retail therapy, you go out and you buy a cool shirt, you put that shirt on, and then you're just sad in that shirt. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like the same kind of thing. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's harder. It's, like, it's way harder. That's the, those are the barriers that we face yeah. often because like the umpteen amount of brands that just get investment, launch, make a bunch of money, have a huge presence and a huge following. It's really mm-hmm. easy to be like, should we, like, should we be, but we take so much time for every single post, every single thing we do, everything, mm-hmm. every yeah. single brand we stock, every single partnership we have, because we really like we want to align in every single way, yeah. not just like, okay, let's take a shortcut, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so important. Um, back to the stigma around female pleasure, you were saying like you sort of work with people if people come to you to like unpack, like where does shame come from? What do mm. you, what are you both of your personal opinions on like where the stigma around female pleasure comes from? Because it's something that we have to deal with so often. And especially in your industry, you see it every day. What are your mm. ideas on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, initially what I think is that if females masturbate and they orgasm from masturbation, then there is no need for men in that mm. equation. And mm-hmm. so I think that can be really confronting to deal with and that's also sometimes why partners can be jealous because they feel like they're not needed Mm -hmm. but they don't think about that it's not about them it's about you and it's Mm -hmm. about the connection to your body and so ultimately Mm -hmm. I feel like it comes from like a mild form of control and the patriarchal structures that we are all a part of unfortunately um that has produced this stigma around female masturbation i mean i didn't masturbate until my 20s like i had no idea because no one talks about it yeah all they talk about is penetration and so it's very heteronormative as mm-hmm. well and yeah. i i think back and i wish i i knew i could take control of my body otherwise i would have I probably wouldn't have dated a lot of losers <laughs> that I did, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I feel like, you know, this stigma is like about keeping like social order and, um, you know, not allowing women to have that sort of power over mm. their bodies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love what you said and I, I totally agree. And, um, yeah, it's really, I mean, the f- first things first shame is different for every single person and every single you know we we all grow up we're not only our own unique individuals no two like dna copies the same but we also have our own unique upbringings we have our own unique relationship Mm -hmm. experiences traumas all of that can so sometimes what what we have talked about what shame is or how like our with our tagline being shame-free pleasure shame-free pleasure might mean a totally different thing to you as it would to me. Like, when do I feel shame? Do I feel shame after like, you know, I've watched porn and I feel really icky and then I just masturbated and I'm like, ah, close the computer. I shouldn't be doing this. (laughs) Like there's, is that the shame for me or is there shame around like my body and how I feel Mm. in my body? But one of the things I kind of just wanted to highlight on the shame piece is that we weren't inherently born feeling shame, like from ages you know, one to six, it is just like, you are taking in the world, sensing the things, like you don't have any problem identifying what feels good in your body. And I mean, babies have been 
shown from studies like on sonographic observations to be masturbating in utero and touching themselves and so it's it's not until like shame isn't is a societal construct is Mm -hmm. what i'm getting at it's the societal narratives that are laid on top of the uh, on top of us that Mm -hmm. then creates that shame so there's either for women there's this like hyper sexualized if you're having sex you're a slut and mm. you're slut shamed for that or this like prude shaming where like, oh, she's such a prude. She's never had sex before. So yeah, there's no spectrum <laughs> even within that. Yeah, you really can't win. It's like, let's fit into this tiny box or this tiny box over here. And then mm. on top of that, what we're taught about sex or sex ed is all through fear mongering and really everything other than admitting the main reason why people have sex is because it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Like just on face value, that is why most people have sex. It feels really good. It's a way to connect, yeah. a way to connect to yourself. Um, and then in conversations that we have, so then once you put those things in place, the conversations that we have with friends is kind of like, at least with my friends who are absolutely fantastic. But a lot of our conversations were, um, you know, have how, what's your sex frequency like, like with your partner? Oh, I've had sex like two, that's a measure of success. It's like, mm. oh, well, we have sex, you know, two times a week, or oh, we haven't had sex in a week and that's a measure of sexual satisfaction but there's no conversations openly Mm. about like yeah i masturbate and maybe some friend groups are this way but masturbation frequency what do you do to connect to your body what's your pleasure practice like what makes you feel really good not shaming people for that um so i think that all leads to a place where we've become more disconnected from our bodies than ever before Mm -hmm. especially in a society where we've got like short attention we've got the attention span of like a goldfish i read something today that goldfish have attention spans of five seconds and the average human attention span is seven seconds so like we're literally i mean we're looking for the quick fix the quick kind of orgasm Mm -hmm. how fast can i get to an orgasm and all of that just leads to this place of disconnection from our bodies i think that's where shame um that's where shame really comes alive is when we are more disconnected from our bodies yeah, um, no, definitely. That's a really interesting point. I think that the disconnect is so big right now. Like mm. we can talk about, you know, like empowerment and like we can talk about like how much we masturbate and all of that, but it's like the ways that you're doing it as well. Are you, like you said, yeah. are you connecting to your body? Are you watching something that you feel good about that's like, you know, mm if you feel shame watching porn, can you switch to something that's ethically produced? Is that the reason why you're feeling disconnected with what you're using? Like it's all those like little things that are up to like that huge, you know, shame or like getting rid of shame. Yeah. Yeah. And and it just takes going into that like real exploration. I think that we don't give ourselves the space nor does society really say this is something that you should do but the space to really explore like what feels good in my body what foods feel really good to eat Mm -hmm. what kinds of relationships feel really good to me this kind of like constant because pleasure it often gets boiled down to sexual but we talk a lot about how how much pleasure integrates into so many parts of our life and Mm -hmm. you know creativity and how pleasure is the same pathway as creativity and Mm -hmm. what kind of blockages are there for you so when you start looking at like how you are feeling as you move through the world, well, how does this really feel to me? Does this feel really good? Not attached from the like, oh, you shouldn't eat that. That's bad for you. Or, <laughs> oh, you're going to, 
or you shouldn't masturbate because like, you know, that's self-indulgent or whatever that suddenly then that narrative comes in. It's really about like cutting that off and checking in with what feels good for you. Mm -hmm. But that requires space to to explore. Um, And time as well. Yeah. Constantly like Mm. overstimulated. We have to work crazy amount of hours to live you know, yeah. a life that we can afford healthcare or whatever it is, basic human rights. And it's like, it does seem like a luxury to have the time to like have good sex or to like have good self-pleasure practice. Um, yeah. Like a lot of yeah, like sex educators talk about, you know, like you should put effort into turning yourself on just like you would when you're about to have sex with a partner. And it's like, okay, but that's going to take like 20 minutes. Who has that time? Yeah, like, I don't have time <laughs> for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really interesting topic for sure. Um, I wanted to know about like if you think that we're with all of this work and like, you know, even the marketing, it could be helping in a way. Are we moving towards a place that is sort of getting rid of this stigma? At least we're mm. talking about it, I guess. And that's that's something that I sort of struggle with, like because mm. I don't like all these buzzwords because it's like associating money with something that should be like a human right. But it, but like with every influencer that's holding up a vibrator, at yeah. least we're moving towards a place that it's not like shoved in the closet in a black box. <laughs> yeah, no, ex- exactly. I mean, we have to give some credit to our influencers for post um, posing with vibrators. Definitely that has helped the stigma. It's kind of been a bit of a gateway, especially on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, although that's kind of where the conversation ends. Yeah. It doesn't really go beyond that yeah. other than acknowledging that someone has a vibrator. Cool. I'll get one too. But then that's it. Like mm. that's the end of the uh, transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, we're trying to go beyond that. And you'll find that a lot of the companies that uh, we're big fans of are uh, also doing that, making sure that the education is also there. And so it doesn't just end with your vibrator purchase. Yeah. It will yeah. extend beyond that. And so I hope that we see more of that in the industry. I mean, unfortunately, there are it's the same. It's the same people that are doing the same thing. They just think that they can just come to this market and try to market it as female empowerment and then that's it it's purely a business transaction for them they've just dusted their hands off and they've done their job of Mm -hmm. selling your vibrator um so i'm really hoping that there are more uh, female founded and run companies that come into this space and change it but i mean with what we have right now i think it just there just needs to be more exposure to be Mm -hmm. honest because especially in Australia, there really isn't um, much in the ways of uh, sex toy companies. Mm -hmm. And the ones that kind of appear as more progressive and female empowerment and stuff, they're all run by men. Yeah. Um, So you really have to to search for that in Australia. So we're hoping that with our platform and how particular we are with, our curation of vibrators 
that we're able to give these companies more of a platform so then people know that um, there are really awesome products that have been created uh, by people with vulvas, for people with vulvas, and they're awesome companies that you should definitely follow. We're really trying hard to be the go-to for anything to do with sex toys and Mm -hmm. education. Um, So it's kind of sucks. It's baby steps at a time. Um, But, I mean, we spoke to um, Bro Nicole from Future of Sex and she's been doing this for a while now. And, I mean, she's already seen just in the last year how much the landscape has shifted in Australia. So, I mean, at the rate that we're going, hopefully we'll see a lot more uh, a lot more female-led companies uh, come into the Australian market and then that way mm-hmm. we can we can promote them. And hopefully that will kind of get rid of all the yucky noise done by other companies that are just really there just to sell you a vibe and that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And on the products, you said that you choose stuff that are made by vulva owners for vulva owners. How do you go about selecting the products that you have on your website? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we do a lot of research, that's for sure. Mm. It's very very hard work. Uh, no, it's not. We get <laughs> to test vibrators, which is awesome (laughs) um but basically I mean when we first started Fossey we kind of just did a lot of research and to find we knew that we really wanted to stock products that were created by women and Mm -hmm. for women or people with vulvas uh for people with vulvas Mm -hmm. uh so there are a lot in the U.S. and so we managed to find some wholesalers that actually sold their products and so we managed to get testers and we con- we also reached out to them directly. Um, so it basically started from there, just finding any vibrator that we thought, okay, we could possibly stop this at Flossie. Yeah. Um, and then from there we tried them all out ourselves and then we put it to a vote uh, on our Instagram. So yeah. we really rely on our audience to provide us with that feedback so that way we're always delivering good content and mm-hmm. as well as providing the products that they want because ultimately and at the end of the day they hopefully will be our um our consumers um but I mean if not it we're just happy to provide that yeah. education and to help them uh you know, get closer to to feeling a little less uh, shameful. Yeah. Um, we, um, like, kind of what you're saying, Annie, we were, in the beginning, um, definitely very discerning. Like, we would fall in love with certain companies or products, and then on paper we'd be like, we have to try it. It looks amazing. This one, you know, won such and such award, and then we would try it, and we'd be like, dang it. Like, it's really not, Yeah, it's not yeah. exactly what, we thought it was going to be and so we were 100% committed to both of us being like yes on all accounts yes to the brand yes to the quality yes to the design and then yes to the actual like experience Mm -hmm. of the product because there's a lot of products that we were like can't wait to see what this is like and then it was kind of like oh darn so our goal would be and it's pretty darn close to that but every single product that we have we've got like 
99% five-star reviews because hopefully wow. once you purchase, like, you can't go wrong mm-hmm. because they're all mm-hmm. kind of the, the best of the best we yeah. think and from what our audience Can I is. also just add, yeah, it, it pains us when we're super excited about a vibrator and then it doesn't work out and then we're like, as much as I love this brand, we can't stock it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And the thing is, it otherwise it kind of compromises the whole experience of Fossey. I mean, I've had guy friends that have been on Fossey because they want to buy something for their partner. And they've messaged me saying like, I am so glad that you have Fossey because it is not overwhelming. It's yeah. super easy to navigate. It's not hypersexualized. And it's just funny that I'm getting this feedback from men. Like they, mm-hmm. they really appreciate our space as well. Um, and for anyone that's trying to look for a toy, I mean, we've had so much feedback saying like, love your website. I'm so glad that it's only a few products. It's not overwhelming. I can look at this while I'm at work and no one would know any better. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, even though we've simplified it though, like we get questions often of like, I'm looking for a vibrator. Where do I start? And even yeah. with only seven products currently, we often get that, but we love that kind of stuff because we really want to be the go-to for when you're first starting to thinking about maybe buying a vibrator, you're not really sure where to start, like go to Flossie because we want to be that kind of guide in the, in that beginning stage of the process so we can really have it be fun and, you know, not seedy and not product driven either. Like you don't Mm want to buy it. You just want to learn a little bit of information and then go on your way. Totally fine as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. That's really good way to get into our questions that I had. One of them is actually from me and my friends. Um, So a lot of my friends sort of have been talking about this like desensitization and if it is a real thing like with um, clitoris stimulators, is it? (laughs) I I love this because I – I got the same question. We both got the same question many, mm-hmm. many times. And my friends would be like, yeah, you know, that, that's great and all. Like, you're doing this bossy thing. But, like, don't you think that they're going to desensitize your clitoris? Like, I don't want to use it too much. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, we're going to the research. <laughs> Hold on a second. Like, myth yeah. debunking time. And um, basically, it is a complete myth. So the, the caveat here is that, again, every body is different. And, and different bodies might respond to different things in different ways. Mm-hmm. And the research, so not only is female pleasure very stigmatized and taboo, but the research on it is very yeah. underfunded. And also, yeah. like, there's a whole nother podcast to do on how we can expand the research in mm-hmm. female pleasure, um, pleasure for people with vulvas, because it's quite limited. Yeah. But from what they have done, um, there's a doctor named Carolyn DeLucia, I believe, um, And she basically says that um, in a study that was published by the Journal of Sexual Medicine, that most women have reported never having experienced negative symptoms, including like numbness um, associated with vibrator use. So there were a handful of people in that same study who reported numbing sensations, but then only Mm -hmm. said that that went away within a day. So it can Mm -hmm. very temporarily cause a bit of like, okay, you've now used the vibrator for like an hour and a half. And yes, your clitoris is going to feel yeah. quite, um, I can honestly you know, attest it, to that, but <laughs> it's like, yeah. just lay the other question, for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just take a little break, take a little breather. But the other question that folds into this one is like, will a vibrator, I'm not sure if you heard this from your friends, but will a vibrator, will, 
using a vibrator make it harder to orgasm without the vibrator. Mm-hmm, um, which again, I think is like the number one roadblock to people with vulvas not having an orgasm. First of all, is fixating on having an orgasm alone, yeah. but is our mind and anxiety and stress and how those are linked to inability to get aroused and how that impedes our hormones to becoming aroused. And that is, that is where we should be looking instead of using this fantastic tool. If you do enjoy using a vibrator and putting the blame, just like it's really easy to blame food for being the problem. Like, okay, well, I must have you know, this food is, is causing me such and such thing like stress, anxiety, what is going on in our mind is such a huge factor, but it's way harder to actually tap into and address and like talk about and figure out what is it that's making me feel really stressed right now? And how is that maybe playing into my desire? So, um, it doesn't make it harder to orgasm without, it's really looking at what the, what's going on in our mind, what's Mm -hmm. going on kind of like emotionally for us that, is how we're presenting to becoming aroused. Right. Myth debunked. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> we should start a series on Flossy that's just like a big giant red stamp that's like yes. debunked. Yeah. There's so like, many. <laughs> Mythbusters. Yeah. Yeah, Flossy vibrator misbusters. <laughs> because like as you said, there's so little research in female pleasure, female health actually in general. Um and so there's so many myths out there it's like you say something to one friend then it goes to the next friend then it goes to their whole other friend group and it's like you know a flow on effect and then you're starting to do the abcs with your tongue when you're (laughs) when you're masturbating when you're making out because you're like i heard from this person i heard from that person or from the other person it doesn't work yeah 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 (laughs) exactly Okay, so the next question was written in and it says, I want to buy my first sex toy, but don't know where to start and feeling um, and am feeling a bit intimidated. Any tips from a vulva owner? Okay, so, I, um, uh, do, you, I ta- do you want to tag team, tag team this one? Tag if team. you have any input, I've, I've got a couple thoughts. So this one yeah. is... I remember every time we would go into the sex shops and we were doing some research, um, asking, okay, I'm looking for a vibrator. What should I get? Mm-hmm. And the amount of the range of questions that you get is just like overwhelming and oftentimes hard mm-hmm. to interpret. So, but I would kind of get confused. I almost wanted someone to just suggest a vibrator to me. Yeah. Like I want to just be like, here, use this one. It's the best of the best. You're going to mm-hmm. love it. Um, yeah. but it is like, as much as I hate to say it's so unique and it's so depends on what you might be interested in that's kind of where I would start um then below that I would think about okay is it for solo use or is it for partner use mm-hmm. the only reason that I would ask that these are some of the conversations that we have like in our dms um is that a solo use vibrator might be better suited to be like more pinpoint stimulation or potentially like a suction style vibrator if that is if you do want external stimulation or potentially something that is internal that you can actually do like g-spot stimulation if you are in a you know hetero relationship and mm-hmm. having penetrative sex it can obviously make it harder to be inserting something else <laughs> and also having a penis inserted yeah if that's what you're what you're wanting to do so that's why mm-hmm. I, I would look at more toys if you're looking for more partnered use 
that are able to be, depending on what you're look, what you're coping for, broader stimulation and potentially because I say broader stimulation because if you're moving around in different specific. positions with a partner, you you're don't like, want them to cute. be like this <laughs> tiny little point yeah. and then trying to fit it on this other no, tiny a, little point and then there's like a bullet vibe isn't going to cut it. <laughs> oh, yeah. bullet so, definitely not gonna cut it yeah no definitely not gonna cut it so i think like maximize the opportunity maximize the opportunity for it to get on the right spot and Mm -hmm. minimize the margin of error with a broader surface area Mm -hmm. um and then i actually have it with me right now i brought some of the stuff but like something with a longer handle Mm -hmm. um this is the long petite it allows it seems intimidating because it's got this handle but it's actually still the head of it is the only thing that you're using and that's like the size of an apple mouse Or like even smaller, an AirPods case. For everyone at home, it looks like a microphone. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like you're singing into a karaoke microphone. The handle (laughs) just allows for you to have a little more room from where you might be if you're maneuvering or trying to like reach in certain positions or Mm -hmm. it's around or anything like that. That can be helpful. What else was I going to say about? um, Oh, I love having people just look at the page of vibrators Mm -hmm. um, that we have and being like, what? what just looks fun to you regardless of like, how does that work? Cause people get so caught up in like, yeah. I don't know, that yeah. head shape looks weird or what does that one do? Like yeah. just look at the page and just gut check what looks fun to you. Like what mm-hmm. looks like, because you don't know a lot of times you kind of have to buy it and then try it and see, does this, which is, we, we thought for a while, like, wouldn't it be cool if we could have a company where you could trial vibrators and see which one? Yeah, yeah. that's uh, we're like, okay, maybe not unexplanatory. Economical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that would be and the that. ideal is like, try it before you buy it. You know, you get mm-hmm. your yeah. like Warby Parker but, sunglasses and you can. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, because it is a very intimate product. Mm. Um, yeah, you can't try before you buy it. So, I mean, providing as much education as possible um, is going to help make sure that you're not disappointed. Hence yeah. why we have so many great five-star reviews is because mm. those vibrators have been chosen for them. We've got a quiz online. People can DM us. And so that's why the reviews that we have, are, people are super ecstatic for mm. us and mm. that we exist because we were able to give them as much information as possible so they could pick the right vibrator for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. so great. Okay, so go to the Flossy website. I'll link it below. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Um, the next one says, my boyfriend doesn't like when I use my vibrator. I find it hard to climax a lot of the time when we're having sex, so I brought in my vibrator, which really helps. But now he tells me he doesn't like when I use it. I don't know what to do. I want to keep using it, but don't know how to explain this to him. <gasps> this is okay. so common. Yeah. <laughs> So common. And first of all, you're not alone because 20%, it says 20%, but I think it's higher than this. 20% of women worry about how women or people with vulvas worry about how their partner might feel with a sex toy in front of the bedroom. Yeah, it's definitely higher than that. So mm. it, yeah, definitely. That's again, the research needs to be totally redone <laughs> on this, but um, not alone I feel like it's 90% I feel like it's most people um, yeah I think maybe when they conducted this survey people were in denial or something so yeah 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 yeah, absolutely um and then the other piece is kind of assuming that this is penetrative sex um if it's not there's kind of other parts and pieces but 
with, first of all, we get, we get kind of deeply entrenched, entrenched in this belief that our partners have to be the only people responsible for our pleasure. And that is so much of where that thought comes from is this like ego in potentially the, you know, um, penis haver. Mm -hmm. And then the narrative from both people that like, we've got to be the only one responsible for each other's pleasure. And that isn't just with pleasure, but in relationships, like the expectation that that person is going to be perfect for you in every single tiny Mm -hmm. minute way. That's one piece of it is letting go of the belief that we've got to be the only, um, the only one or thing that can possibly contribute to each other's pleasure. Um, and then also the fact that 80% of people with vulvas need direct clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm. So that's just, that's just an understanding point in communicating to your partner. Okay. I really, first of all, we believe that sex a lot of times equals penetration. So when mm-hmm. we let go of that, we let go of the idea that our partner needs to be the only thing that can contribute to our pleasure. Then the fact that 80% of us need direct clitoral stimulation. So if they really want to prioritize your pleasure, it's a different story if they don't. And that's kind of like, okay, maybe seek additional professional help, explore some of those things or get a different partner because if they're not (laughs) wanting to prioritize your pleasure, then they're not worth the time. But typically they are willing to like, once they understand that fact, Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So in a lot of these positions, I guess it makes sense that you aren't getting direct clitoral stimulation. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense that that you need that in order to orgasm. So let's think about other ways we can do that. I, mm-hmm. um, this exact example came up with actually like my partner and I, we were talking about lube and the same thing goes with stigma around lube. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about, you know, <laughs> wetness doesn't necessarily mean that you're aroused and so using lube like wetness doesn't equal arousal so Mm -hmm. we were talking about lube and I said like let's try out this new lube and it was like this you know are like are you reliant on lube and so we had this really good conversation about genuinely it just feels better to me when I had when we use lube regardless of whether I'm wet or not yeah lube Mm -hmm. just contributes to me feeling better so it's not attached to like you not doing anything or arousing me Mm -hmm. you're doing fine this is all great it's just that it feels really good and it's a nice tool to use so yeah I don't know if that I do feel like porn plays a huge role in this Mm. because it's like you never see a vibrator yeah. in porn or like them using like lube. It's always that they like put, they're putting it on before they start rolling the camera, you know? And it's just like, if men are seeing this from such a young age and they're not having any outside influence telling them, you know, these facts that you've just sort of stated, it's like, they're going to feel really shitty and like, they're not doing what they've seen like every other man on in porn due to a woman. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah, that, that's we never a learned thing. in sex ed about what sex actually looks like. And then mm-hmm. when you, so, so we learn through watching porn of what sex actually looks like, even though it doesn't yeah. look like that. Yeah. So we've got this idea that like, okay, in penetrative sex, I hate when they show scenes of like, you know, the girl is just like moaning and it's like too the best in the world. And it's like, yeah, too yeah, but yet, like, hold but, up. Yeah, <laughs> but yet her, her clitoris isn't being stimulated at all. <laughs> in what world? I mean, I, uh, 
So the expectation is wild. Yeah, you're so spot on that porn really plays into like that's that's what we know of sex. Most of what we know about mm-hmm. sex and how we can like mm-hmm. visualize it. And then we you know, we start to realize that porn is really a performance. They're literally mm-hmm. like getting ready, doing all the things, putting the lube on, probably like getting a little bit aroused and then going into it. Yeah. We don't see yeah. any of that. Yeah, I think going into a conversation, like for this person that wrote in have that conversation outside of the bedroom don't do it when you're like in the heat of the moment because that's Mm. gonna be like an ego spot that isn't gonna go down well but like outside when you're both in a good sort of headspace and you've had a good day together just sit down and sort of say like you know like this is why I need this it has nothing to do with you it's my body it's like literally like Here's the facts. You can hit them with the statistics if you want. Yeah. yeah. And the thing <laughs> yeah. is they can they can yeah, choose sort of the, to take that on board or not. And if mm-hmm. they don't want to take that on board, move on because it's really not worth it at all. I mean, I was really lucky with my partner. He encouraged me to buy my first vibrator. And I was I like, <laughs> I don't I don't need that. <laughs> and, and um he actually had to force me. He was like, no, I, he's like, I feel like you should because it feels really un- like the dynamic in the bedroom felt very unfair. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, he um, basically, you know, got it up the website and was like, here, you have no excuse. And I was like, okay, I'll buy wow. one. And it's <laughs> the, it was the best uh, thing the that I have ever done. The- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And also loves, loves like we always use like every yeah. single time. Yeah. It's such an essential. Yeah. So there are men out there that you can find that will you know not be intimidated or sort of prioritize your pleasure and um yeah I really hope it works out don't settle (laughs) yeah yeah and there's always room for negotiation as long as there's that room for negotiation Mm -hmm. then I I think that you can get to that point um so I mean don't write off your your person just because super open to it or whatever I mean it takes time we we, you know we've grown up and watched porn and seen how what we think the norm is so you can't necessarily blame them for thinking that way Mm -hmm. and it Mm. takes a long time like if your brain is programmed in that way like it's going to take some time to like deprogram it and get around the fact that that's not actually the reality (laughs) yeah exactly I like I like, I like what you said, Katie, about um, having it be on a day where, like, you've had a lovely day and mm. you're feeling really connected and then presenting it. And I'm like, hey, I wonder if we could have um, a little bit of a conversation about yeah. sex and what we've been doing and would you be open to that? Mm-hmm. Kind of inviting them into that and creating a really safe space to have that conversation. Yeah, definitely. And that conversation that has to anything. happen, like, on <laughs> – yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, like, life <laughs> – I definitely don't have that mm-hmm. nailed yet, you know, still working on that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, don't worry. <laughs> okay, so we have a last question. It says, could you explain a bit the difference between a bullet vibrator and the new sucking clitoris stimulator? I'm wondering if it's worth the hype I've seen online. Um, so first I really want to preface with that everybody is different um so what works for some people might not work for others I mean I know of someone that said that they've they've got a lot of vibrators and they tried a suction one and they didn't like it 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not for everyone. Um, I mean, if it is your first vibrator, I wouldn't go to a suction straight away. I would start with a bullet vibrator. I mean, everyone starts off with a, I mean, I find most people have started with a bullet vibrator. I've started with a bullet vibrator. Caroline started with a bullet vibrator and I'm sure that you started yeah. with a bullet vibrator. Classic. But so many best friends have started <laughs> with a bullet vibrator. So, I mean, you really can't go wrong when it comes to just starting to explore your own body. Um, yeah, but to jump in straight to using a suction vibrator, it can be extremely intense at first, especially when you're not familiar with vibrators at all. Um, but the main difference is that the bullet vibrator vibrates and the suction one um, has like air pulsation technology where it kind of like sucks and then That's it crazy. Uh, sticks out the air. Yeah, it's and it's kind it's of awesome. like you just describe <laughs> it as like a like a fluttery feeling. So I have the yeah. melt here, mm-hmm. and like when you turn it on, um, I know everyone's listening, so you can't quite <laughs> see it. But um, when you turn it on and you like put it on the palm of your hand, you can kind of feel that it's it's fluttering. It's not. I was really worried before I had tried one that it was going to be like a vacuum, a vacuum. cleaner <laughs> and like yeah, I like not. I have to like pull it off like <laughs> like remove the yeah. suction somehow but it's it's really just that the sensation it's not intimidating in the way of like it sucks on mm-hmm. your clitoris but it feels yeah. more fluttery so instead of just vibrating and then those vibrations kind of go out mm-hmm. like along the full body of the clitoris it's really more pinpointed and kind of fluttery it does suction just a tad mm-hmm. but um one of the things that's nice about the suction style vibrator is you can, instead of just like whacking, it seems like you just whack it on the clitoris and just <laughs> let it do its thing, but it's actually quite nice. Like we've had people purchase it and be like, Oh, how do you, I wasn't, didn't really jive with it at first, but if you move it around, you can mm-hmm. kind of just like any vibrator, it can be easy to think, Oh, you just pop it on your clitoris and the way you go, but you can really experiment like pressure. Yeah. So you, you'll be able to feel a certain sensation, right? When you are moving around the suction vibrator and your body will tell you where to put it. And if you're not sure, you can always ask us. We're always here to help. I mean, we've done literally FaceTime calls with people and just demonstrating on the palm of our hand exactly what you can do and how you can explore with it. Yeah, yeah, I literally had a FaceTime call with a customer of ours because she was like, I checked in. How are you going? Like, it's not just buy it and then away you go. Like, if you have questions about it, you don't know how to use it or you want to explore mm-hmm. something, you're mm-hmm. on the FaceTime. And we both had our melts up <laughs> and I was like holding it up as close as I could to the screen of the phone, you know, trying it this way, trying it that way, moving it up and down, like putting more pressure, pulling more pressure off and then just giving yourself some time. I'd say the suction style vibrators takes a little bit more time to kind of like for your masturbation time yeah it's Mm -hmm. like not just a slap on and super efficient although maybe for some people it is (laughs) well when you figure it out it's very efficient (laughs) (laughs) yeah it takes a little time and figuring it out Great. Well, that's all the questions that I have if people want to find you on Instagram what's your Instagram so our Instagram handle is just at feel, F-W-E-L, Flossy, F-L-O-S-S-Y. Mm-hmm. And 
The we love getting questions. Yeah. And our, our website is just um, feelflossy.com. So the same as mm-hmm. the Instagram handle, just feelflossy.com. Um, and we can pass along for your show notes our um, little cheeky intro discount if anyone's oh, interested. Thank you. Yeah, for yeah, sure. We love a discount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, even with the technical difficulties, I had a great chat and I'm so excited to thank see you. what you guys do next. Yeah. Thank you for having us. We enjoyed every second of it. Technical difficulties and all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the questions also were really, really great. Um, this is exactly why we do what we do. Thanks for listening. You can find all the links to Flossie's Instagram and website, as well as a discount code in the episode description. I'll be back next week with another amazing guest. Until then, have a great week. Bye.